Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio on Blog Talk Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners, with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast, hosted by Nikki Dare, is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, range safety officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training member, a FEMA certified training, women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies, and decades later she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you can join me again. I am Nikki Dare, your host in this podcast brought to you by iDare, home for survival and safety and disaster preparedness. Our goal is very simple. Our goal is to save lives. Save lives by educating and mobilizing resources for preparedness and sustainability. What we mean by preparedness is through disasters, whether caused by natural, of those by weather-related, or man-made threats, man, uh, mainly terror attacks, shooting tragedies uh, which involve mass damages. Unfortunately, these are very tragic. Whatever it is, these disasters are unpredictable. Many, as you already know, come without warning. Unavoidable. I know we've been telling off with all of these past massacre shootings, tragic incidents from bridge attack in London to massacre shootings at different public events, namely concerts events. You name it. Uh, we're all always on this all the time. So we've been talking about this uh, particular tragic event, our last episodes from last episode of concert, Las Vegas, Las Vegas massacre. Um, I want to just continue talking about that Okay, so I am bringing back David Gray, the owner of Damus Security International, specializing in security protection services. Um, he and his crew just recently took on security services job for local government in Bangkok, and that is in Thailand, guys, and had worked relentlessly with public events projects such as this one, public concerts like. So needless to say, he is one of the people that I turn to personally, to discussing topics like this because of his wealth of hands-on experiences, both of from his military background and his decades of expertise in this industry. So 
you know, myself as a certified firearms instructor, RSO and a CERT member, my foremost uh, priority is finding ways how to save lives, basically, as I mentioned, and finding solution how to save lives. If we can avoid these life-threatening situations to others, I would like to continue talking about this and address this together. Again, our goal is to continue to mobilize and educate disaster preparedness and address the issues that, yes, we cannot avoid the topic, I mean, uh, the tragic such as this one, but we can certainly prepare when shit hits the fan by doing what we can. So through continued practice and training, training in self-protection and become our first responders at the time of imminent danger situations. We do need to save ourselves first before we can save others. And after all, guys, we are all in this together. So, okay, let's get started because uh, I am actually with Mr. David Gray. We have a time, huge time difference now here in Bangkok. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Oh, great, great. Thank you for coming on to the show again. I am grateful as always. Um, let's dive in into this. You know, I want to hear from your perspective, want to continue after how many weeks now that it's been, it's been going on since the last, uh, you know, Las Vegas massacre tragic occurred. Almost a month now? Okay, you're 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 uh, David. You got echo in the background. Okay, hold on. Let me fix it. There you go. Hold on a minute. Oh, perfect. There you David. go. Yeah. So let's dive into this. It's been a while. Um, I know the last episodes that we talked about was just last week. So from the last Vegas, uh, the incident itself, it's been almost uh, what is it? About four weeks now into it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. Step into another room. My son is making some <laughs> No, no worries. I know it's a family time. So I, I'm really grateful, by the way, that you can got, come on on the show. I know it's, uh, like I said earlier, we have a huge time difference right now. Yeah, it's, um, it's 11 p.m. here. <laughs> so um, thank you. I can hear Jackie in the background. So tell us what yeah. you think, you know. Tell us what you know more um, about this you know, but the whole thing here, after we, we okay. talked about last time with uh, Patrick Garrity and also Bill Carnes uh, from all different angles that we talked about, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, 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 the saying of, you know, what do we know more about this and what are the things that we can prevent? But let's talk, focus more about what do we know more about the shooting. Okay. Well, there's been, like I was saying before, there's been some very interesting uh, private investigations going on by individuals who have taken it upon themselves to go above and beyond uh, what the average civilian is willing to do and uh, try to use their expertise, their, their, their know-how, their background, their common sense, um, and whatever other assets they have at their, at their availability at, in their hands to... Uh, to try and uh, dissect this situation and see what they can learn about it and, and uh, what they believe to be the, the true and real situation of what, what's happened, what, what digressed. And so uh, one of the ones that I really like uh, is a video 
uh, forensic analysis video by a guy named Health Ranger on YouTube. Right. Uh, he goes by the YouTube persona of Health Ranger. And um, uh, he does some firearms-related uh, things, but what he does very well is he does uh, forensic analysis of the sounds of the gunfire at the Las Vegas massacre. Uh, and one of the things that he does is he subtracts the echo out of the sound. And then uh, he can tell the difference between the, the impacts of the bullets hitting the ground, the projectiles hitting the, hitting the ground in the middle of the concert where people are filming, and the report of the, the, the rifle being fired after, right? The, the actual report, not the echo, which sounds differently. Right. Um, so what he was analyzing, he was analyzing the, uh, the, lag, the time lag between the bullets hitting the pavement right. and then, right. right, okay. And the speed right. of sound, so he, basically. He was analyzing the speed of sound and speed of the bullets, right? Right. So what, what you have is you're going to hear, because of the distance, you're going to hear the impact of the bullet first, the report of the rifle second, and they're going to be just seconds apart or even milliseconds apart depending on the range and the distance. And this is something that you cannot change. This is science. This is a formula. Physics. The travels right. at a certain speed. The sound travels at a certain speed. These variables change very little, um, especially in uh, relation, relation to sound. They change very little. So he's not going to uh, make right. it all up, right? The, the All of this yeah, analysis so he, data, you can't right. make it up, he basically. He a very simple algorithm. A very <laughs> exactly. Simple right, right. And he said, these bullets travel at this speed. Um, the, the sound markings are here and here for this. This means that there are shots being fired from between 250 to 275 yards away and between uh, 400, uh, I think it was 450 to 475, right? Yeah, I think so there is a couple. 400 to 450, something like that. Um, I think I have the. Uh, I think I have uh, David. Let me interject you real quick. I think I have the uh, the numbers that he talked about. I think the first one, like time, was 0.559 seconds. So it was uh, approximately from 400 to 500 yards. But um, and then shooter number two, like time, was 0.374 seconds, approximately 200 to 300 yards. And I think you're right about that. You know. Right. Well. The, the, anyway, what. What I found interesting about this video was that he used the acoustics, the sound, to prove that there, in his mind, that there's a second shooter. And to use science to show why, uh, why he was uh, able to come to that conclusion, that there were two shooters. And I said, uh, one of the things I said from the very beginning was, there are two shooters. Just listening to the raw audio from the first videos that came out in the first 24 hours of the shooting, right. I'm saying there's two shooters, and one of them's close, and one of them's far. I and, think we uh, talked about that in the first show, the very first show that we did on the first week, I think, you know. Right. We, we were eminent right. about that. We, we just said, you know, right. we felt this way, but we just don't, don't have enough data. So we're going to just, you know, sit back and watch this unfolds before us and then collect the more data, the more information. So about, a, what, four weeks later, here we are. Right. Uh, 
Now, there's other incidents that happened along the strip that night that happened at the same time or in sequence of the, of the, the, the shooting from Mandalay Bay soon after, within about 10 minutes or less. Uh, and one of them is an incident at the Bellagio that very few people are talking about, to where there was an exchange of gunfire in front of the Bellagio, and the doors were shattered. The people were, the whole hotel was put on lockdown. Everybody was pushed off the casino floor to get them away from the front door area. Um, the security moved everyone out and told them they could not come into the casino floor. They then there uh, there are people walking around in there that video the inside of the Bellagio. Right, I saw uh, some of that during, during this time. I saw some a of that. Of, a, a lady and a, and a couple of guys that put it out on the internet. Right. And so then, uh, what you see though is you see security, and in the background you see what appear to be federal agents inside the casino, all within. And how do they know about this then? Those are right. the, the questions. How do they know about this? Before I forget, let me ask you this. How far, for those that don't know Las Vegas, you know, the infrastructures and, you know, how far they lay out and everything like that. How far is it from Mandela Bay to Bellagio? Can you, can you give us some kind of it's visual? Almost, it's almost 3,000 yards. Okay. It's, it's, it's about that. You have to look on Google Earth to see exactly. But uh, some people were trying to say that, that they were stray bullets that were fired from Mandalay Bay, arced over the other casinos, and trajectory fired into the front of the Bellagio and ricocheted up and hit the door. Firstly, it's impossible. Impossible. It is impossible. Right. The, bullet, the bullets would not travel that far, and the Bellagio has a awning that's about 12 feet wide. Maybe they were using La Pua Magnum or something. (laughs) Can you know? There's some of of those magic bullets. Yeah, the magic bullet, right, in Hollywood or something, right. Anyway, it's got an awning that's about 12 feet wide. Those bullets would then have to pass through to hit the ground in front of the door anywhere close enough to to cause uh, damnation and breaking glass. Right. So... It's an impossible shot, basically. So you can't, you can't have that. Okay, that's out of the window. Right. <laughs> right. So and there, there are other people that were at the casino that were pushed off the casino floor in the Bellagio that heard gunfire, hid under tables, and saw uh, police and security reacting to the gunfire. So, and they're not sure if they were federal police or if they just know that there was someone else shooting back. There was an exchange of gunfire. Then after that, everyone who was an immediate witness apparently was asked to come speak to the police, and everything went quiet. And now a lot of these videos are being deleted off the internet, um, except for the ones that were up there almost immediately. A lot of them were live Facebook leads that were going on, um, uh, Facebook feeds that were going on, so they couldn't they couldn't stop them. Mm. Um, so after. It got out, and then it got reposted on YouTube, and reposted on Vimo, and it got—it was getting reposted everywhere. Um, I think they just said, "Okay, forget it. Let this one go, and see how many people pay attention." And how many uh, who's they? Don't. Can you define who they? They what you mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the U.S. government, in large part, controls a lot of the internet access and okay. control, uh, and actually, some of the some of the major. Uh, storage facilities for the data that they're pulling about private citizens 
is stored in New Mexico, Nevada, and Arizona in massive, massive database storage facilities, these huge refrigerated storage facilities. Right. Um, so anyway, they can, they, the, the, the FBI, uh, Homeland Security, which nobody talks about Homeland Security anymore, but they're still there. Uh, NSA, they, they all have what they call a backdoor to um, just about every, every social media um, of course. Platform out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. No and, doubt. And messaging apps. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So I, They're exempted. I remember back, <laughs> back in the 90s, there was, a, there was a phone company that specialized in making phones with large buttons for seniors, mobile phones, cellular phones, with large buttons for senior citizens, senior citizens to use. Um, and they were, they were, uh, pay as you go phones, right? right. And it was called Jitterbug. Okay. Right. The, the company was called Jitterbug and Jitterbug. They, <laughs> they got in, they, they got into a huge row with the FBI because they refused to give the FBI backdoor access into their phone system. Well, yeah, we, we just had a recent um, well, little drama on the iPhone too. remember, about some, I, I don't remember yeah. what the case well, scandal was, but uh, they refused. The FBI sent the IRS yeah. to, to go through and investigate everything, and eventually they got shut down. Wow. So within, within a year and a half, two years, they were shut down. Um, and uh, so now all these other companies have learned from things like that. Oh, okay, you better give some. Backdoor access Backdoor to access. these federal right. agencies. So they do. And um, anyway. Uh, so it's it all about power, is, right? <laughs> control and power. Uh, it's all about yes, power and control. And power. Yep. Yeah, go ahead with your analysis on the acoustic with this guy. Uh, before we go on, I want to give uh, the listener, our listeners, the uh, the name of the video that you're talking about on YouTube. It is called Forensic Acoustic Proof of Second Shooter in the Las Vegas Massacre. I know it's a mouthful there, but yeah, if you just go... Acoustic Proof of Second Shooter. Yeah, if you just go ahead and uh, go to your YouTube and then go search Forensic Acoustic Proof. Acoustic spells as A-C-O-U-S-T-I-C. Yeah, or Health yeah. Ranger. Um, you know, he's, yeah, he's a guy the who's... Health Ranger, one word. One word, the, the Health Rangers. Uh, you, you guys could, could find his acoustic analysis there, and it's very, very on point, to be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've, I've done some um, training with, with you too, uh, David, and also with other um, experienced um, long-distance shooters and everything like this. These are the things that I've learned during those trainings on you know, uh, speed of sound versus speed of the bullets and everything like this. So if you are in that industry you know exactly what he's talking about. So we, we really um, you know, try to focus on some of the things that he talked about because we don't make things up. And then this guy doesn't make things up. This is physics. This is science. You cannot bend it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and what I encourage other people to do is look at this guy's you know, acoustic forensic analysis and break it down and see if you can find flaws in it. Also, at the end of the video, he encourages the FBI... Uh, and other investigative agencies 
to try to pinpoint the exact location that the video was being filmed from and then be able to, uh, if you can pinpoint within three meters of where that person was standing when they shot the video, then you can use that same audio formula to, to, to figure out exactly how far they were from the shot. Then if you have three, four, five other videos that you can pinpoint their exact location to within a few feet, then you can triangulate the, the acoustics of that shot and figure out pretty well where it's coming from. Right. And within just a, just a few meters, you're going to know whether it's coming from the fourth floor or the 32nd floor. The second floor, floor. Or right. The, or the dirt mound across the, across the way from the concert. This guy was talking about the ballistic coefficients in that video very vividly. I mean, you know, for those of you who know exactly what he's talking about, you, you, you're going to go right the minute that he says that and you go, that's it, he's on point. You know, he talks about the further bullet travels, it loses the velocity. So the further, you, you know, David, what I'm talking about when you talk about the speed of sound versus the speed of the bullets, all this supersonic and everything. So the guy is not a flaw. Go ahead. Yeah. And then uh, there's there's been some other uh, some other theories come out, and some other people say that they're they're checking information or they're finding out information from various ways of, of gathering intel, whether it's legal or, or, or not. Um, and one of them was uh, there's a video being circulated. It doesn't. Uh, I don't have the name of it now, but uh, I can look it up and maybe give it to you on a later show. But uh, basically, what it is, is, the video has the, the name of the video has nothing to do with the Las Vegas shooting. Has nothing to do with the group Anonymous. It, it, it's a ridiculous name of a video that has nothing to do with it. But it's being circulated by private messages, um, so that it doesn't get taken down off the internet. And this is a video put together by uh, one of the members uh, of Anonymous. One, and then sent to a friend who then edited himself into the video and then uh, added his two cents to it and then sent it out again. But uh, basically what it is, is they're saying that Anonymous has hacked into the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department's uh, email system, into their server. Interesting. And And that they have discovered communications between themselves and the Las Vegas FBI office as well as uh, FBI headquarters uh, talking about how, uh, in fact, that the shoot the supposed shooter was not the shooter. That this was an entire sting operation that was being set up by the FBI, wow. where they were they were selling guns to uh, ISIS or ISIS affiliates that were buying them in Vegas to carry out. A terrorist attack against McCarran International Airport, okay. right. uh, because they were they were going to target a specific flight carrying in uh, a group of diplomats or whatever. But this this is part of the story. And then so this guy is there selling weapons to these supposed ISIS guys in the Las Vegas area soon before what was supposed to be the attack. But they've already figured out that he's an FBI informant. Oh wow! Selling selling them weapons so that the FBI can then uh, intercept them and arrest them. So, in part, th- 
this ex- may explain may explain why there are CCTV cameras set up inside and outside of the room. Right. Monitor- monitoring the hallway. Monitor- they wanted to record the sting operation. They wanted to record the transaction. Makes sense. On. That makes sense a lot. Yeah. Okay. Right. So then these 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 supposed ISIS affiliates or ISIS members found out that this guy is an informant and they shot him in the room then uh, separated one going to the fourth floor one going uh, staying on the 39th floor and they began to open fire and this may explain why there are such large gaps between the sequences of fire um, and the floors then someone uh, alluded to the possibility of the shooter from the fourth floor going up to the 32nd floor, meeting with his partner, taking the fire escape and vanishing uh, before this supposed uh, shootout between security and, uh, and, and the shooter where he supposedly killed himself and then conveniently left a note with trajectories and, and uh, you know, fire formulas and things like this. So, wow. uh, anyway, this, and there, there were also reports of, uh, from, from different sources that, uh, the police were chasing someone in a security outfit, a security uniform from Mandalay Bay to the Luxor, lost them in the Luxor. Then, uh, then the witnesses at that point didn't know where they went. Apparently, this same person in uniform is the ones that had changed clothing somewhere between there and the Bellagio, and they were engaged in gunfire again at the Bellagio. So, with that, let me say this. It would be fairly easy for the hotel security to pick up on faces of someone wearing a security uniform if they stripped out of the uniform and... Uh, put on other clothes anyway, because most of those hotels run on facial facial recognition software, so they can pick you up in seconds. If you if you've been tagged or flagged in another casino that's owned by the same company, uh, MGM or or any of those groups that own those string of hotels, they're going to pick you up really quick because they're running facial recognition software. Right. And so and and they also run voice recognition voice software, recognition, and they right. record everything at every casino table, um, and in most hallways. So what are we saying here? I mean, just in a simple. So there's, uh, we're saying there's a high probability that the second shooter, as found in the analysis of this audio file um, by uh, this by the health ranger, um, may have made an escape. There may have been two two actual shooters that were not the person that they say has been shooting. So what we're saying is this needs to be investigated in depth, in detail, by many different people. And if many meaning, different people meaning start agencies, coming up, Meaning agencies federal, from any level, right? From all levels, you know, metro level. level. Law enforcement agency, any private person that can back it up with scientific fact, statistical data, uh, and and prove it forensically, scientifically, that what they've got uh, makes sense, right? What they're saying makes sense and can be backed up, either with CCTV, with uh, handheld video from phones or cameras, uh, 
know, with traffic camera uh, systems, which people hack all the time now. Right. So, uh, so you can you can find any of those sources and find out if there's a guy running from police from Mandalay Bay to Bellagio. Find out where that guy went in the Bellagio. And so many of these many of these hotels, uh, not all, but many of their uh, their CCTV systems transmit. Okay, they broadcast. There's a company in Las Vegas. Its entire business is based on recognizing one high rollers and two scammers, card counters, uh, pickpockets, thieves, uh, high-end prostitutes, high-end drug dealers, international gang members. Right. Right. So this, you'll see these SUVs rolling around Las Vegas. And the top of them looks like a porcupine because it's covered in antennas. Right. Right. Little six-inch antennas. Okay. This this company is receiving information from every hotel about who's coming in based on um, facial recognition software and voice print analysis. Instantly. Instantly. And then they notify the hotel, hey, you got this guy in your hotel. We're going to send a team to observe and watch them. And so... Because all that information is being transmitted openly, either by cellular transmission, which is probably the way they're doing it, um, or or by Wi-Fi, which would just be astronomically yeah. foolish um, right. for them to do it. But there's nothing secure there. Yeah, there's nothing secure anymore in a Wi-Fi. Everything is Wi-Fi now. Right. Your car, your TV, yeah, your everything. Your everything. Even if it's cellular, <laughs> it can be hacked. Right. Even if they're doing a cellular transmission, it can be hacked. But everybody, so, everybody sees it. So there's people will find a way into the CCTV videos, and they will come out if they if they keep pushing the issue. If they don't uh, forget about this and tune into uh, what Hillary's doing or what the Kardashians are doing or you know whatever the other yeah, celebrity the celebrities are doing and everything right in a high profile way. Right. <laughs> so. so what I what I want to do is I want to I, I want to actively encourage investigations from every level law enforcement all the way down to private citizens right high school science uh science groups that are into this kind of thing uh go for it tear it apart let me see what you come up with right. i'm interested i'm paying attention i want to know right i, th I think patrick garrity also mentioned in our last episode that you know when we ask him what are his assistants uh, three cents and then he said something like that that everybody has to come together in this you know trying to gather all the information right. and as far that's as like securing the public an answer. exactly securing the public safety securing because that's what they are for i mean you know the the uh, there is a I, I can't remember on top of my head at the moment but he said it very very well uh, quote from him and I'll, I'll get back to me again and I'll announce it to you guys but yeah I agree completely with you and I agree completely with with Patrick um, getting the the all levels of of uh, people together you know from federal from because private citizen from from everybody okay go ahead if we have multiple legitimate reliable believable, uh, sources, credible sources, sources yeah. saying that this is what happened, then it will explain a lot of it, it'll explain a lot of things. One, it'll explain why there weren't high angle uh, shooting sniper teams or observation teams up on any of the surrounding buildings because the FBI would have given a stand down order to Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department 
to not be up on those buildings observing their federal agents conducting their activities because maybe they would get involved and there'd be conflict in the sting operation, right? Right. I mean, it so makes would, sense. They, it does make sense a lot. Yeah, they, the, the FBI may have had their own team up there but not equipped to deal with this situation, maybe undermanned or in the wrong place, right? Right. And Or they may have been also told, do not engage. We cannot, you know, uh, shoot these guys here because they just killed 58 people and injured over 500 more on our watch with right. our guns that we were supplying that we recorded on our CCTV outside and inside the room. Right. Right, so now that, that would explain why there's been a massive cover-up and why the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department has been retracting statements they made earlier about second shooters, about other shooters, Protocol. and other yeah. incidents happening along the Strip. Right. I mean, it's always so, unfold this way, you know. I mean, the first, it always comes to media. I'm not blaming any media. I'm not blaming anything here on my own podcast, you know. I mean, I am, I'm just simply saying that it's always this way when the information unfold at the beginning and then as we go through the process of the investigation and then there are more collecting more collected items i mean collected pieces of information that kind of like put in the puzzle together you know and then say oh okay this makes sense i mean there are a lot of questions at the beginning of course like why how did it happen the how 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 there's, there's some things people can still do if it hasn't already been covered up okay it hasn't already been removed. They, they can go to the, uh, the investigators can go to the Las Vegas uh, Mandalay Bay Hotel, go to the fourth floor and do a GSR residue test of every window for, you know, through the second to sixth floor to see if there is any gunpowder residue from the muzzle flash of the weapon, right? Right. So it, it, casings don't matter because you can put a brass catcher on the side of just about any firearm now and you can catch that brass before it ever hits the floor and take it with you up to the 32nd floor. And by the way, there was not enough brass casings in the room to justify the amount of shots fired on the ground. So there's brass casings missing, quite a lot of them. Right. Over so at, that at least over 100 rounds okay. of, of brass casing missing. Hmm. So Interesting. Interesting. So there's there's still some pieces of the puzzle missing, and, and we got to put it to, we got to stay on law enforcement and put it to the civilian population to find those pieces of the puzzle and plug them in and, and see the entire picture. Because until someone does, we're not going to, and it's just going to be another shooter on a grassy knoll and about a, you know about a hundred different conspiracy theories behind it. But we need to start finding fact, irrefutable evidence, proof, right? but- and there. There's enough technology out there. Right. There's enough video and audio and everything out there that we should be able to pinpoint the shooters within just a few feet. But just taking this all aside between you and I, David, I mean, you and I had, uh, I don't know about you, but I think you, you were too on board with me. I did say it on my first podcast when we start talking about this, opening up the, uh, the discussion that we knew there was something else besides just one person who was, uh, didn't have any um, combat training or training per se, whatever, you know, even though that he already, they prep him up into a one-month training, you know, kind of like last minute, it doesn't matter. But we, we thought he's not capable of doing the, this kind of damage. That was my, my, my three cents at the very beginning. I said, 
this one person takes that whole damage? No, it's impossible. There's got to be another shooter. And then somebody came up with this, his health uh, ranger did. And that just kind of, okay, we got it then. You know, we kind of yeah. knew it. <laughs> I, would, I would really like for, um, you know, the investigating agencies to start releasing CCTV video from the hallway from the hotel or for the hotel to release it. It's their private property. And I know that they've probably been put under a federal subpoena uh, to get that evidence and to suppress it. Uh, but it would be really, it would be really nice if that CCTV video was forthcoming because it hasn't been. They're showing stuff from two, three, four years ago of this guy walking around other casinos and having a slip and fall accident. Right, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. And then how can they not deliver this kind of thing that's just immediately, you know, just within the same month, yeah, within the same week? Recently, right? So <laughs> exactly. It's there. We don't it's buy there. it. And there's a lot of stuff. Um, okay, the, the, the hotel receipts for the room. He, they said he checked in later than he actually did, right? The police, when they released their report about this person, the shooter, they said that he checked in later, a day or two later than he actually did. When, in fact, there are hotel receipts in his name for that room, not only for himself, but for an additional person. Two, two meals served at the same time, two sets of drinks, and list of occupants in the room was two. Two, two, two for days, and nobody's saying anything about that. None of the police are saying anything about that. So he and his mentor, perhaps, right? Or he and his other shooter, perhaps, right? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Or, or whoever was setting up the the meeting between him and these supposed. Yeah, he's got a mentor. He's got a coach that he's that's coaching him. That right. coached him to do right. this there, and that. Look, for this type of shooting, there's absolutely no reason to have 23 firearms in the room. No. Absolutely not. No, none, none. Absolutely not. You can do one damage. One. I mean, I'm sorry. I say this off the air because it is. It is true. One. It takes only one, right? Yeah. With a bunch of yeah, magazines. Take, <laughs> not 23 guys. Praying, pray stuff. He could have done it with with what he had up there. And what he had was a bunch of quad stack magazines, 60 round magazines up there in the room that were stacked up in the room. Now, we can't tell from the photos that are there if those are loaded or if they were just stacked over there for display for sale. Um, <laughs> That's a good we one. We don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one. We, we have no idea. And why Why were the two chairs pointed facing to each other? He, he wasn't using that for a brace. If he was using that for... That, well, I would that, have to see the layout of the room, the full that, layout that's of the room, a very, to see if he was using those chairs as a brace position. Right. It's always it's always fascinating to watch the the crime scene afterwards. You know, the crime scene. You know how everything was laid out. I mean, not unless yeah. somebody already rearranged it accordingly. You know, before the photos were taken, before the uh, the forensic team crew got in and then take photos, their photos. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it could be rearranged. It could be I don't know. Maybe that was the real deal. How it happened? Yeah. The two chairs were facing each other. Then, like you said, it could be you know somebody's you know there. Somebody was there. It wasn't used for yeah. brace position. It could have been the person. It could have been the person setting up the meeting between them and ISIS. It could have been the FBI handler that was controlling the situation or supposed to be controlling the situation. Well, uh, it could have been. It really? could have been a hooker. It, it could have been anyone. We don't know. Wow. But we need to answer that question. Who? Who was it? What, what did you say last? What, I want to say. I want to hear what you said. What did you say last? It could be. Yeah, I said it, it could have been a hooker. It could have been a prostitute. <laughs> you know, but hey, she she 
would have seen something, right? <laughs> what More than likely. Oh, that was a comical one, David. Oh, you mean like for yeah. the last very time, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're going out in a blaze of glory, you might as well have some fun. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That's your gentleman clock right there. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't come from that world, but yeah, okay. But, but, but it, it's, it's a the point. Witness. Yeah, the point is that there are so many other uh, pieces in the puzzle that didn't add up. Right. We said this over and yeah. over in the last three episodes. Like it didn't add up. Right. And I'm not buying this until. If it was until... an FBI sting, if it was an FBI sting gone wrong, that would explain why uh, none of the hotel maid services went into the rooms. Got it. Okay. They said they said he hung a "Do Not Disturb" sign on the door. I can tell you, I've traveled all around the world, mm-hmm. over a hundred countries, and even though I hang the "Do Not Disturb" I sign, I agree on the door, with you. I because I did the same thing too. They, they would come anyway. Come. Yeah. They would come anyway. I, I, you know, yeah. we stay in overseas and everything like that. And do not disturb in different languages. They would come. They would come at least yeah. to, to, to... Even in, especially in Las Vegas. Yeah. They want to make sure you haven't suicided yourself in the room. Exactly. Right? So I don't buy that either. And, you know, whatever. I don't buy that either, so, by the way. Because I know yeah, this for a fact. <laughs> it's a ter- terrible excuse for something that's not right. And so... Even though, from my personal experience, I was, I was, uh, I've been on trips where I'm working nights and sleeping days, and supposedly this guy was gambling at night and sleeping days, and I would hang, even in Las Vegas, I would put the do not disturb sign on the door, and I can tell you that when I was asleep, I used to put headphones on when I slept in Vegas, because of the noise of the other rooms opening and closing doors. I'm a very light sleeper, unless I Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to do that too. I thought I was the only okay. one. Yep. <laughs> so, so I would play music as I slept to try and drown out those other noises or play, out, play CDs with uh, ocean sounds and things like that. So I, I can very vividly remember more than one occasion where the maid's coming into my room as I'm laying on my bed, uh, you know, in my right. birthday suit and... Here they come. Oh, sorry, didn't know you were here. Well, I they always do. Disturb sign on the yep. door. Yep. Yeah, I so remember why are, this. Why are you coming in? Right. Especially, you're right. I want to piggyback what you just said because we stayed at, in fact, we stayed at Mandela Bay. Huh, what do you know? Last time we stayed at Mandela Bay, um, sorry, Treasure Island. Uh, yeah, next to it is Mandela Bay. We stayed there on the 16th floor, I remember. And we, we celebrated our anniversary at that time for the July kind of thing, you know? So everybody is like, you know, uh, loud and everything else. We came back in and put do not disturb sign after we had dinner. It was an early dinner, and then in the morning, the first thing, 9 o'clock a.m., the, the, the maid just walk in, and I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, we thought, honey, I thought you put the uh, do not disturb sign. You are completely right. So I want to say this again on air, that Manuel Bay did come in, the, the, the maid service, even though regardless you put um, the do not disturb sign. You're right on that. This is my, my, my personal experience. It just happened like well, I don't know, last year, I think it was, we stayed for the last couple of years. No, this is not, I don't buy it, period. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it either. And, and they're saying that, uh, that this guy busted out those two windows with a hammer. It, I, don't, I don't buy that for a second. I've tried to break windows of that caliber with, uh, with, a, with a hammer, uh, with, well, with my entire body weight. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was gonna, yeah, you can't. It's double pain. It's triple pain. There's storm glass. Have you seen? Have you been tornado. into the Mandalay Bay rooms? Like I said, we stayed at the 16th floor, and it, it you know, this guy is the 32nd floor. It could be like higher, the higher. I don't know how how it is on the on top of the. Uh, but what I'm saying is that it's thick. You cannot. It's impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, if it's that easy, I would I would have been if if I had known that it was so easy to break hotel windows with a hammer, I would have been telling people, hey, if you're going to stay in a high-level hotel, take a take a hammer, a ball-peen hammer with you and break the window out when you get up there if there's a fire down below you, right? And and go to a lower-level floor or, a, or a, you know, an adjoining room or whatever you got to do, just break the window. But it's not that easy. So I've never advised anyone to break a window over the sixth floor. Well, can I they? Yeah, can they get somebody from their architecture or whatever architectural design engineers to you know to give that data, you know, um, as far as like you know how it was being made and everything. I mean, that's easy. Just a phone call away, and then ask those guys and have have them in a room and say, you know, tell us what you how you built this. The windows are made off. I mean, everything is already public, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It would be it would be great if we had someone who builds uh, high level buildings. For, for a living, come on and say, hey, this is this is the kind of glass that they use at Mandalay Bay, and it's resistant up to you know this. Yeah. You know, it would take a ten pound sledgehammer yeah. and several several oh, heavy, I know. heavy hits to I break mean, that window. We're not stupid, you know. The higher the elevation, of course, the windier, and then the room, the the, the, the temperature outside. I mean, no, I mean the windage level and all of that. It's it's baloney. I don't buy it for a second. When it's and they're right hammer. next to an airport, and they need to cover the sound, right? They need to be <laughs> right. able to drown out the sound of that airport. Right. Uh, so, of course, they're going to put very thick glass that will cut down reverberation. I think I we tape. You know what? Interject this for a second. I think we did tape. I'm going to ask him. Um, you know, where we stayed, what level? I believe it was 16th floor. I did tape something during that night when we stayed there for about four nights, and then we. I said something in that video. You know, this was last last year, and then I said something like, "Oh, honey, look at that. We can see people um, doing. They were doing on top of the penthouse doing the uh, the the gliding. What do you call that? The uh, the rope, the gliding thing, they, they did the zip that. Line. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah, the zip lining, yeah, exactly. And they yeah. had that in the middle of the night because it's Fourth of July, right? Celebration kind of thing. Yeah. They did that, and then, well, honey, we can hear them screaming. Look at them because we can see them in the in the little screen that they were screaming, right? Kind of thing. The expression yeah, on their faces and everything, right? So we cannot hear them. And I go, look at this window. Oh, it's so thick. I think I did tape that when I said something like that because I was taping the people that was doing the the gliding, the zip lining. Um, yeah. I want to find that video when I said it because I knock on that window on, in the room. In yeah, that room. Most, of the, those, most of those windows are multiple layers of glass and laminate heat pressed together to create what looks like one pane of glass, but in fact it's not. It's not. It's several layers thick of glass. That's right. So you would have to shoot multiple rounds into that glass just to get it to break. <laughs> then maybe you could knock out the remaining bit with a hammer. Maybe. <laughs> but it also has a reflective laminate on the outside That's right. that you can see. That's right. Okay? That's right. And one, one of the things I like about these videos coming out on YouTube is when the gunshots first opened up, right, when they first started firing off, there's a guy who's standing pretty far back behind the concert. He's at like a, an upper level 
uh, seating area that seems to have a, a counter with some cups on it in front of him and a railing. And he's looking out towards the, the stage area, and behind it is the tower where the shooting is supposedly coming from. And you, you hear the first eight or ten pops where it's just single shots, right? Pop, 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 right. pop, pop. And then it starts getting faster, and then you hear then you hear the bump fire gun going off, right? <laughs> and what what I noticed from that video bump is fire. not I, I was All right, we lost uh, we lost David a while ago. So as you were saying about the windows, David. Okay, those windows on Mandalay Bay, they are multiple layers of glass with laminate in between, pressed together to look like one solid pane of glass. And on the exterior, they have a reflective, or uh, it might even be on the interior, they have a reflective laminate to block the UV rays and all the distracting lights uh, from being quite so bright coming into your room and the sun during the day and keep the temperature down, right? So that's right, why Mandalay right. Bay... And some of those other hotels are the colors that they are. It's because of the laminate on the outside. Right. So during the, during the first 10 minutes of the shooting, the first few minutes of the shooting, there's a gentleman firing, uh, videoing, sorry, shooting. He's filming from a elevated platform that looks like a bar uh, created on scaffolding. He's got, some, he's got some drinks in front of him and a, and a, a scaffolding uh, pipe that you can see in his field of view when the shooting first starts. And he's filming the concert, and then there's these single shots that come. It's about 8 to 10, maybe 12 shots that are single shots. And they go pop, 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 like this. They're, they're very intermittent, and it's, 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 it's very much like somebody trying to find their range, their distance. <laughs> right. 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 And then, so, uh, then uh, the fully automatic or the bump fire bump semi-automatic fire, right. uh, fire starts okay and that's the yeah right? and, again, and again full auto sounds like and bump fire sounds like da, 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 da. so anyway uh that starts now he's filming and he doesn't really realize what's going on and they're saying oh maybe it's a speaker you know why are people running what's going on maybe it's fireworks are you sure i'm not sure this kind of thing right but the whole time he's filming the concert and what you see directly behind the concert is the Mandalay Bay Tower. And what I'm noticing is I'm not looking for muzzle flashes. What I'm looking for is missing reflective surfaces on the exterior of the building. Oh, there at you the go. At the 32nd floor. Yeah, right, and right. They, and they are not missing. There are no broken windows coming from the 32nd floor. You can see the reflection all the way across the front of that Mandalay Bay wing where supposedly the shooting is coming from. But it's not from the angle that we, you know, the, the, the media seems to uh, broadcast about, right? Right. Well, you'll notice with the media, they didn't, start, they didn't start to film the exterior of the Mandalay Bay until hours later, right? Right. Until, until after the shooting stopped, until after the police had raided the room. Now, when they set off... The, if they if they breached the door with an explosive breaching system, if the SWAT team had breached the door with an explosive breaching system, it would have blown those windows out even more and blown the curtains out. Yeah, because there's already a hole in it. Right. I agree completely right, on that. there's already a hole in it. Yeah, I, I, but, I completely agree on that. Right. But at that distance, uh, there is no hole in that window. Those windows are not shattered and they're not broken as we as we see them in the later news media stuff. They're, they're there, and, and 
they are reflective surfaces that appear to be intact. Now, he may have shot a small six-inch hole through it and been firing through a six-inch hole, but uh, I don't know. I don't think so. You would have seen that muzzle flash for sure. Everywhere. Unless he had a very yeah. good flash hider or flash suppressor on it, or unless he was firing from defilade farther back in the hotel room. That, since you're talking about suppressors, that's another thing too. I know that I, I you know, it's nothing pertaining to this whole subject, uh, or maybe it could be. Can you imagine if, you know, even when the shooter had that, you know, uh, if the, if item? If the guy had had suppressors, yeah, he could have been up. He could have been up there for the 70 minutes it took for the police to get to the room and and call it clear. That, right. Right. He could, have, he could have been up there the whole time, firing the entire time, and. Nobody knows about it, and no one knows about it, correct? Right, and it would it, it would have taken them even longer to figure out what floor because the people next door, the people below, would, would not hear it. Less, would it not would hear it. Much harder for them to tell what direction it was coming exactly. from. Exactly. I, I just don't want to talk about that part, you know, because it just it's just so. It's, it's, it didn't happen. There wasn't there wasn't silencers. There wasn't suppressors. No. Uh, there wasn't any of this Hollywood, I wish there was kind of stuff. Like people wish there were. Right. Like politicians wish there were, but the, the, they weren't there. So we can't talk about fiction. We need to talk about reality. Reality. And, and then, yeah, and the credible sources uh, around it. Again, talking about uh, credible sources, what we talked about, and I want to name the YouTube video. If you, any of you listening to this and are inter interested in, listening more to this guy, the health ranger, what he had to say about his data. He was his collected data, forensic acoustic analysis. Listen to his YouTube. The name is called Forensic Acoustic Proof of Second Shooter in the Las Vegas Massacre. Just Google him, YouTube, the health ranger. He posted it and published this on October 9th. So it was just recent. Um, you know, he said something that the shooter number one was operating at 425, 475 yards, consistent with the Mandalay Bay Hotel, and shooter two is operating at approximately 250, 270 yards. And those are his final analysis. Um, and he put the physics together, he puts the science together, there's no making up this story shit anymore, and it is so legit. It is so legit, yeah. you wouldn't believe it. So I agree completely to every, everything that he said on this. Okay, so then what we need to do is we need to encourage people to investigate this supposed FBI involvement in this thing operation. Because this is also how uh, the Fast and the Furious uh, sting operation that went terribly wrong came to light. It was not just because they blundered it and the, the drug cartels were using the weapons that the ATF provided to them through this, uh, this middle person. Uh, to kill to kill their uh, competitors and to kill police and to kill civilians um, in, inside Mexico and along the border. Um, it was also because independent investigative groups wanted to know where these weapons came from and how they ended up in the hands of these guys. And they backtracked it back to the ATF had seized these weapons and then was selling them to onwards to the drug cartels in an effort to supposedly show that illegal weapons were being brought bought in the United States and shipped into Mexico to the drug cartels, which may be happening, but they definitely blundered it. And it, so to me, it says that the FBI is fully capable, federal agencies are fully capable of, of fumbling the ball 
and completely messing up a sting operation to this level and possibly beyond, and then trying to cover it up because the ATF is still trying to cover up the Fast and the Furious scandal. Wow. Incredible. Well, do not forget and keep, keep researching, keep investigating, keep digging, because those dead people, if it comes back that this was an FBI sting operation gone wrong, the federal government owes those dead people and their families everything. Right. I mean, our goal is very simple, is safe lives. And, you know, through mobilizing resources and, you know, taking care of ourselves, basically. And, you know, my heart goes to, I know we talk about this so much, you know, like four episodes already. Um, our goal is that, and despite of everything, our hearts are broken still. We cannot, you know, we cannot bring back those, like you said, the dead people and everything. And our heart goes to the families that left behind. And that is why we're still talking about this. I think they owe, uh, um, what do you call that, uh, realistic, you know, um, what do you call that, data, information, the answers, you know, how it happened. You know, we know, right. the, yeah. So how it happened, right. you know, we... Right. Uh, that's, what, that's, that's what we got to look at, right? And uh, so many people were saying this was a false flag incident. Well, maybe it wasn't a false flag incident. Maybe it was a oops. Uh, we did this thing the wrong way and we screwed things up and now 58 people are dead and 500 plus people are injured. Right. I, feel, I feel just so bad. All right. Well, disasters are inevitable, you guys. We are running out of time. Would you like to come back again and talk about this? Because I know that we need to wrap it all up right now and uh, I'd like to invite you back if you can. Would you like that? Yeah. That yeah, would I, I would I'd like. like yeah, back. I would like to invite a couple other people that can look into this, um, you know, and then discuss this together with us. Uh, you know, so hang tight, everybody that's listening to this. Hang tight. We'll get more uh, insights from different uh, perspectives. So you know, I think it's going to be great. So again, we're all running out of time. Your last thoughts on this, David Gray. Now, my last thoughts are this. I'm not saying for sure that this was an FBI thing gone wrong. I'm not saying that uh, that the families that lost family members should be going after the federal government in legal action because we don't know the reality of the situation at this point. We don't know all the details. The federal government's not releasing them. Uh, the local law enforcement is not releasing them as, as they would in other incidents. Right. Right. Normally you have a normally you have a shooting in Las Vegas on the strip, and everybody knows every detail within 24 hours, and it's in the local paper, and there's photographic evidence that can be looked up within a month. Right. Especially if the shooter has died, it's uh, it's released almost immediately. But that's not the case in this situation. So we need to ask ourselves what we can do to get that information and put pressure on law enforcement and and uh, the federal agencies that are involved in this investigation to release that information at least to the victims' families and right. explain it in detail to the victims' families. At least that information, piece of information, which is, you know, why it happened, how it happened. And our heart right. goes to the victims, of course, to the families uh, that left behind, you know. All right, so we are running out of time. I would like to invite you back again. Again, like I said, um, we, you know, we're very intrigued about this, and our goal is to say, 
save lives, basically. Disasters are inevitable. They come without warning, if not all. So be and stay prepared for the worst, you guys. Survive and recover. Get proper training. If you haven't done so, invest in yourself. You know, um, I'd like to ask this question too. <laughs> ask yourself this question. How much is your life worth? Get proper training. If you haven't done so, invest in yourself, self-defense, self-protection, firearms, non-firearms, whatever, medical, anything that has value to your life. So stay vigilant, stay safe. And thank you, David Gray, once again for joining us and sharing your expertise as always, of course. Please do come back, okay? All right, stay safe, you guys. Signing off. God bless. This is Nikki Dare. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Nikki Dare's Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes in firearms training, handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios. For details on Nikki Dare's outdoor hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor activities, and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes, please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. Join the community conversation to network and learn on different outdoor fun on her website, NikkiDare.com slash freeforum. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos, you can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikkidare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikkidare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living in purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, Living in Purpose and Passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.